Hey everybody, this is Nick. I'm recording this on the 12th of March, Thursday. The news broke today about 9. Fast 9 pushing a year, and um, you know we recorded this episode uh, maybe a week ago, so you'll hear some things about our future plans, etc. Um, and a lot of that obviously is now in doubt because of the COVID-19 situation. Um, I just want to say, like, stay safe out there, listen to your health professionals, um, isolate if you need to isolate. Um, uh, there's also an emergency pod where we discuss um, the Fast 9 delay, and you can listen to that. It'll be posted. Uh, it should be up now. So, um, yeah, enjoy the app. Uh, a lot of good jokes, and we had a lot of fun, but I uh, just want to give you a heads up. Thanks. want to start i'm ready do you want to launch us do you want to start us off you never start the episode do you want to start the episode sure 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 sick dude welcome everybody to no one likes the tuna podcast the world's premier dedicated fast and furious podcast i'm daryl wong i'm nick nocera um this week we watched our least one of our least favorite movies one of I our <laughs> not just of the fast and furious franchise of all time of all time yeah um yeah. the fast and the furious presents hobbs and shaw yeah daryl that intro was next level <laughs> the next level <laughs> here at etion we're here to bring you next level podcast introductions <laughs> um yeah so we want fucking hobbs and shaw again this is what the third time we've seen this movie is that right? Fourth? I wish it were less. Yeah, I wish it were much less. I wish it were like 0.25 times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, rather than the full three that I've watched it. Um, How did you feel going through your watch through this week? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yesterday, so I watched the movie today, but yesterday mm-hmm. I had what felt like kind of a backstory to the Shaw family because I watched Anna 2019. Have you heard of this? Oh, I have. And I have it queued up. Yeah. It's in my, it's in my list of things to watch. All right. I, I won't really. Helen it. Mirren's in it, right? Helen Mirren and, um, Helen Mirren and what's his name? Uh, 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 Statham? Here. No, not Statham. Luke Evans. Owen Shaw. Oh, Luke Evans. Ah. Dracula Reborn himself. That's right. And they're <laughs> not... Um, yeah, they're not... I don't think they're um, mother and son, but they work closely together, and Helen Mirren plays like a... Not the KGB boss, but some sort of high-level organizer, and... Owen Shaw plays kind of like a handler for an up-and-coming female KGB assassin. And it all kind of plays out, and and, um, Owen Shaw has a really emotional time sort of, uh, yeah, kind of falling in love with this assassin, and then... Yeah, I don't know. I I watched those two characters and I was like, "Hey, this could easily be like a like a Shaw backstory mm. that 
would have been way better than anything we saw in this movie today. Right, 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 right. Um, unfortunately, that's not the case. Not. Uh, and this movie was written... <laughs> well, okay, so here's something I found out. Um, Chris Morgan, I think his name is, mm-hmm. um, it has been a writer on all of the series since Tokyo Drift, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think he was brought on to write Tokyo Drift, and when that did pretty well, he wrote the rest of them with Justin Lin, and then like kind of just kept going on those, um, on those. Interestingly, he also wrote Hobbs and Shaw. However, there's another credit, credited writer, Drew Pierce, mm-hmm. who hasn't written any of the Fast and Furious movies, but he wrote like um, he wrote a Mission Impossible movie. Okay. He wrote um, yeah, he's bun- done a bunch of TV stuff. Um, he was brought in. I don't know what the story is, but like he was brought in as a second writer on this, right? Maybe Chris wasn't nailing it. Mm-hmm. And very interesting to me, very interesting to me, is Chris Morgan, this guy who has written basically all of these movies from three to eight, plus Hobbs and Shaw, is not a credited screenwriter on F9. Hmm. So... Maybe not just The Rock and Jason Statham got booted from the main timeline series, mm-hmm. but also Chris Morgan, the writer, because mm-hmm. he created probably one of the biggest messes of, of like a series timeline <laughs> I, I think we've ever seen in our modern day, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. basically, you know? Um, yeah, I, I wanted to clarify that as well because my memory fails me a little bit here. So mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. so it was during the filming of Seven that there was a falling out between. I the think fam- really eight, right? Okay, during eight, during the filming, I think really because Hobbs is in eight, right? Like that's he's the in deal. eight, but yeah, one of, yeah, we pointed that out last week. That, like there's a like, they're of never together. Yeah, I really exactly. I think. Well, Hobbs had to film Skyscraper during Seven, I think. And that's why he's not in it for the majority. Mm-hmm. He, The Rock is in the beginning and the end of Seven. And there's a giant chunk in the middle where he has no contact with them. Right. Um, I think that's because he was either filming San Andreas or Skyscraper. I can't remember which. Mm-hmm. Eight and- was the one... Where they, he and Vin really had some like there was there was words flying on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyrese jumped in. Tyrese jumped in. Um, Rock called Vin up something. I can't even or Ty, either Vin or Tyrese. He called him up. I can't even remember what he used. I don't want to like put words in his mouth or jabroni. words on his Instagram. No, it was like a lazy. Dog or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't mm-hmm. lazy dog. It was. I think there was a B word in there. Got it. Uh you know. But um, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, yeah. so they had a falling out, and I think as I was watching this one, I was like, "Why does this movie exist?" So are, are we led to believe that was it? Rock that um, sort of advocated for his character Hobbs to continue to like so he could take his piece of the franchise or do we think it was somebody like 
at Universal, who was just like, hey, like, we built this character, Hobbs, it's our property, like, um, yeah, deal with it, Vin, but, like, it's fine if you guys don't want to work together, like, you guys, we, we prefer that you guys, like, don't have bad blood on set, but we still need to make some big fat dollars here, so we're going to yeah. make this for Rock. Well, I think, it, I mean, it can be an all three kind of thing, mm. right? Like, it can be a Vin and Rock being like, I'll never work with this person ever again. Mm. And Universal being like, well, we need to keep these characters because they're both, we view both of them as sort of money makers. Both mm. the Hobbs character and the Dom Toretto character as sort of leading money makers in this franchise. And, you know, um, the rock sort of being like well i want to also like spin off i want to continue my character's arc and story and you know find out more about him and his background and all that sort of stuff and so this was to me a mutual i mean obviously there was tension hmm. but a pretty good solution to all of those problems hmm. you know it's probably what i if i was the exec over at universal which, shockingly, at this point in my life, I am not. <laughs> uh, um, I would probably would have done a similar thing. Mm-hmm. You know? Huh. I mean, uh, yeah. I guess I'm trying to put myself in Rock's shoes. And mm-hmm. do we, is in the, in the grand scheme of um, Rock movies and Rock characters, is Hobbs, like, the biggest moneymaker for him? Oh, interesting. Right, like he can, he has already shown that he can like be his own solo action star, and not even in action movies. Right, we've watched him in um, that Tooth Fairy movie, and what else does he do? Baywatch. Like he can play anything he wants. So that's the that's why the question for me came yeah. up was just like, like the what's character his Hobbs, biggest box office draw? Yeah, the character Hobbs is really not that good, you know, and it's also not that. It's not good enough where, like, you can just kill it. Yeah, you just squash the character Hobbs and continue to go on and make rock movies. And you can explore all those other things just in a different platform. Uh, It's hard for me to imagine that rock is so in love with Fast and Furious that he had to make it his own. And the more and more I sort of go down that... Um, that train of thought, that path of kind of, um, yeah, stacked emotions, the more I'm Mm -hmm. just like, yeah, as far as the fast family goes, like that shouldn't be a way that you, that shouldn't be the, the sort of motivation that governs, um, sort of how you participate in the project, I think. I, I mean, I'm with you, but I think The Rock enjoys his status. I, I believe he's the highest paid male celebrity in the world, mm. right? Hmm. I, I, I mean, listen, I'm not, I'm not undercutting The Rock. Mm-hmm. First of all, he could beat the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't want to fuck with him. But I also do, like, I think... I think he he works incredibly hard. He's had a, a incredibly long and very difficult career at times, mm-hmm. and um, he's made this jump that not a lot of people have from like you know wrestling to whatever, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think he just wants to work. I think he just loves being in Hollywood, like a Hollywood actor, and like mm-hmm. working in Hollywood, and wants to work in these big things Mm -hmm. you know um all right so 
I am look. I did look up like a, the, the rock box office movies ranked by box office. And it's done by adjusted domestic gross, which is just a little ways after the fact. You know, original domestic gross is taken, I think, over like the original theatrical release, and then anyway, it doesn't really matter. It's not done by worldwide gross is actually the important thing because the movie that had the biggest U.S. gross was Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, which uh-huh. was 2017. Uh-huh. It took in about $400 million. Yikes. And big then, number. Yeah, big fucking number. Whew. And then way down at... Hmm. Getting down there. Getting down there. I'm scrolling. This is... Mm-hmm encapsulating audio right now um nah this can't be right I think this doesn't have Hobbs and Shaw on it hmm. but if I look up the gross for that it's around I think 285 million US okay. gross so it's down there huh um it's way less than the 400 from Jumanji and then his second highest grossing picture is Furious 7 huh with three hundred and seventy-five million. Got it. How about that movie? Um, like, even is what was that movie with Kevin Hart? Central Intelligence. Is that Central Intelligence? I feel like I <laughs> like it? all. Maybe. <laughs> okay. First of all, he's done like I feel like at this point eight movies with Kevin Hart. Like, I don't I like, really know. I, like I don't really duo. know which one. Yeah, I like I, that. Duo. It's a good duo. It's like right. the Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, Danny DeVito kind of dynamic, like one mm-hmm. big, one tiny kind of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where Central Intelligence lands. Mm-hmm. First of all, let me make sure that that's the right movie we're talking about. Central Intelligence. Yeah, for sure. Right. Um, did you see Central Intelligence? I haven't. I'm pretty sure I watched it. I don't have distinct memories of it, but I think I watched it and I really liked it. Um, it lands around 135 US, hmm. 135 million US, and that's uh, number 12 on his highest grossing as of right that, now. That's yeah. probably excluding Hobbs and Shaw because mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. not on this list, unfortunately. Yeah, those action movies really pay the big bucks. Yeah, they really do. They really do. Um, They bring in the draw, the blockbuster summer release. Those comedies, Mm -hmm. you know, they're great. Um, But they're not... Yeah. He also does... Yeah, he also has Ballers, too, right? (laughs) Does he have Ballers? (laughs) I think Ballers has a total of one fan, Uh, and she uh, just left the presidential race. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm making a correction. Hobson Shaw is labeled to have grossed 173.9 million in the United States, um, but a budget, uh, but 760 million worldwide. So mm. really, worldwide grosses. If I was Universal's executive again, which again I'm not, um, I would be fine with it. You know, all I would care about is worldwide gross. Who gives right. a shit about U.S. gross? Right. Basically. It's not just about uh, us anymore. It's not. This is about the whole world, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so we got we to gotta be looking to China. We got to be looking to uh, Italia. 
Mm-hmm. We got to lo- be looking to um, South Korea. We got to be looking to the U.S. And coincidentally, those are the fourth, the four highest uh, coronavirus <laughs> coronavirus <laughs> outbreak populations, for sure, for sure, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, we're really trying to hit that coronavirus demo. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's what we want in terms of movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of that coronavirus, I'm not sure if I'm mm-hmm. going to make it to the to the Bloodshot premiere this week. Oh no, we're not doing it this, I feel this like, opening I feel, weekend. I feel like I'm not. I'm not about to show up at the movie theater and sit with a bunch of uh, yeah sick people. I mean, here's what I'm guessing. <laughs> here's what I'm guessing. Daryl, because it opens, I think it opened last week for you, right? Oh, I I tried to figure it out. I looked it up. I I thought it opened this coming this coming week, but I'm uh, not really. I think I'm not in really New York sure. City, it's out right now. Oh, so if you went, <laughs> I think this is second weekend. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Let's look this up. Oh, you're right. You're right. I guess I do have active showings. Oh, so I didn't even know. You, it doesn't open for me in New Zealand until this weekend. Got it. Um, we're recording this on Monday, March 9th, and um, we're going to do a special Bloodshot episode that we're going to put on the Patreon for about a month. It's going to be a Patreon exclusive for about a month, and we'll do a wide release. But if you want to jump on that, you can always go to patreon.com slash no one likes a tuna and hit some tier or other and then you'll get it <laughs> hell yeah i'm gonna change the tier descriptions just be like everybody gets everything one tier. that's the deal yeah one tier sweet one um, tier chip in what you want you know pay what you will wait i double checked it first first showing is actually not until thursday so it's not open okay yet. so here's what the deal is daryl i'm making a pretty safe bet if you go on a sunday 1 30 p.m showing <laughs> you're gonna be just fine yeah <laughs> all right I think you can make it happen. I think you can make it happen. New York is in a state of emergency right now. I'm (laughs) open up the word, yo. Listen, you are not. You are not going to get that coronavirus. (laughs) You are not going to get that coronavirus. I can. I really. But you know what? If you do get coronavirus, it will be the best anti shout out I think we've ever had on the pod. (laughs) Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um. I want to talk a little bit about Vanessa Kirby because she's great in this movie okay. and um, is the saving grace of this entire enterprise. And these uh, guys should be fucking ashamed to like put in the acting chops, like put their dog shit acting chops up against hers because mm-hmm. she's just she's got like charisma out the wazoo. She's got uh you know she's got great looks she's got a great look you know she's she's got the action skills she's mm-hmm. got timing comedic timing dra- dramatic timing i mean it's just great mm-hmm. um i'm like feeling i'm a little nervous career wise for vanessa kirby mm. so she did the crown the first two seasons but since the crown has skipped ahead in time she's no longer on the show right mm. she did um she did Mission Impossible Fallout, which I don't quite remember her role in that. Um, I think it was a pretty medium role. Uh, and then she did this movie, Hobbs and Shaw, 
which was obviously dog shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just saw her again in a movie called Mr. Jones, which is a historical drama about a guy, a journalist, a British journalist in the 1930s who first reported on the famines in Russia mm. under Stalinist rule, under Stalin's five-year plans. And she has about two lines in that, uh, even though she's on screen for quite a while. And it's just, the movie sucks so fucking bad. It's just like the most newsy, historical blama. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that one's a tankaroo. And then what she's got coming up is like, who knows, really? Huh. Um, she's got two movies coming up, Piece of Pieces of a Woman and The World to Come. We don't know what those are. And then the next Mission Impossible, she's announced to be in, but nobody knows anything about that right now. Mm. And obviously things change all the time. Can you think of another movie setting or any sort of other, any film, TV, whatever, that mm-hmm. you think she would be, that mm-hmm. would be a good opportunity for her? Um, that's a tough one, you know? Mm-hmm. That's a tough mm-hmm. one. I'm, I'm always, I'm, <laughs> I don't know about her specifically. I'm, I'm, for the longest time, I've been trying to get two projects off the ground. One is a weekend at Bernie's remake, starring um, like a Donald Glover and maybe um, Ryan. Fuck, what's his fucking name? The Blade Runner guy, twenty forty nine. I don't know his name. Ryan Gosling, right? Oh, Ryan Gosling. Yes. Donald Glover, starring Weekend as Bernie's. Hugh Laurie, the guy who played House as Bernie, the dead guy. I think it'd be great. Nice. Maybe she could be in that. The other project I've been trying to get on the ground, there was a, an, an early 2000s, maybe late 90s television, children's television show called Reboot, mm. um, which was like a 3D animated TV show, I think. Nice. Um, where there was like... They were, like, in a computer game, basically. Oh, it was definitely the late 90s. And, like, each thing, they had to beat the game or, like, the main bad guy would win. It was, like, the weird, horrible computer animation. I, think I loved I, it. Whoa. I just yeah, had to look this up. I would definitely, you're flashing back to Reboot, right? I definitely watched this show. I don't remember anything about it, but I okay. definitely... <laughs> No, I was okay. like, oh, I've seen this guy, Silver Dreadlocks. I've seen him yep. before. 100%. Whoa. I have been trying what? to like get the word out there about a reboot reboot for, for a long time. smokes. Yeah, man. Did I just bring you back? Did, I like, is like you're getting nostalgia about this is a this is a forgot this is a forgotten time in my life when I spent a lot when I watched this because I I haven't thought about it ever. <laughs> But I saw it, and I immediately know that I've seen this before. So wow. they there was two things. There was like there was like reboot season. I don't know if it was like I don't know how long the show ran. It looks like it ran four seasons, and I think the first three were with the main characters. There was an older guy, an older girl who were obviously fucking, and then there was like a younger kid brother. Mm. And then they like did a reboot reboot <laughs> for the fourth season where the younger kid was now an older guy with a beard. 
Um, and anyway, it was crazy. Um, so I'm talking about a reboot, 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 basically. <laughs> Wait, I'm seeing something here, like a Netflix reboot? Channel? No. I mean, Netflix reboot the Guardian uh, code. Is that the same thing here? Mm. Netflix 2018 to present. Hmm. Interesting. Oh. Reboot the Guardian code. Whoa. I don't know. I'm going to have to check this out. This yeah. looks like a children's television show that is not... This may be loosely connected in terms of universe, but it doesn't look like the same doesn't, Definitely doesn't characters. look the same. Wow. There's no Silver Dreads, which I think is a must. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, I'm like a big reboot guy. <laughs> I think I'm like the only person who remembers this show. So, like, like drop, drop us an email. No one likes to do a podcast at gmail.com if you remember reboot and want to talk about it. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, that's where I'm, I think maybe Vanessa Kirby could do sort of a reboot reboot. Yeah. I could see that. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Um... Speaking of rebooting our love for things, do you want to do? You want to talk about our loves for like products and services? Oh yes, that sounds world? really nice. Cool man. Uh, what do you want to shout out to this week? Um, let's see. Uh, so this week I found myself in a situation where, um, how do I describe it? Like, I own, I own like a good amount of pants. But I somehow have found myself in a situation where I really only have one pair of pants that does the job. One pair of pants that I can like. Mm-hmm. Bankable. Bankable, just like. Bankable yeah. pants. I'm, I can put I'm, these on. I've been a big, I've been big on bankable pants. Mm-hmm. Totally. And mm-hmm. yeah, like it's the changing season a little bit. And plus yep. this coronavirus, I need to, mm-hmm. I've been riding, I started to ride my bike to work again. And I only have really one pair of pants that I can do that in. And I found myself in a situation this week where I just washed them and I was like, it was going to rain. And I was like, I can't ride in these pants. I was like, I'm going to ruin the rest of my week because I'm not going to have clean pants to <laughs> totally. wear. What am I going to do? I feel do? your brother. And I was, I was, for some reason, in a tough spot. I have a lot of pants, but none of them were good for the job. Um, so I, I went and bought some new pants that evening and i'm extremely satisfied with my purchase um so i just i stopped by the old navy by barclay center and i picked up the home of the brooklyn nets home of the brooklyn nets um it's called the slim it has a long name for some reason they needed Mm -hmm. to they needed to put all of the name all of the features nothing i like better than a long name (laughs) on a simple product slim built-in flex ultimate tech pants for men wow you're never gonna remember it wow okay (laughs) i'm looking this up slim built in flex ultimate tech pants ultimate tech that's the word i was ultimate tech pants for men yep so this to the naked eye looks like a classic pair of chino pants but Mm -hmm. it's the the magic is truly in the materials. Seventy nine percent cotton, seventeen percent nylon, four percent spandex. Nice. This nice. is a this is a lightweight, bikeable, extremely comfortable pant that 
looks exactly like even better than your standard like twill chino pant and right i've had them for less than a week now and i can't get enough of them so they're truly hmm. amazing hmm. two th- couple of things i like about them um i'm looking at the old navy website right now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um they look like they have a little extra zipper pocket on the side Yes, I didn't even find that until a couple days later. Pleasantly oh, surprised. Surprise. surprise. And it's not, it's not a little baby pocket either. It's a right. full-size pocket. You can put serious It's a stuff big in daddy it. pocket. Yeah. I am fan of the big daddy pocket. And you know what else is nice about these pants? I'm looking at the website. They have a plus-size model on the website. A mm-hmm. male plus-size model. Nice. Wearing these pants, which is something you don't see all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm fucking down for that shit. You know? Um, so, like, kudos to Old Navy for, like, throwing that out there on their website. You know? Mm-hmm. Just, like, representing all kinds of people. Basically. So, um, I recently bought a pair of black jeans on your recommendation. Nice. By the way, I just want to say, because you specifically on this podcast said, like, they're, they're like a standard. You know, it's like part of your basic package is That's true. black jeans. I'm not feeling that so oh. far. Okay. Have you found yourself in a situation where uh, black pants were not the answer? I am definitely like they're one. It's hot here. Uh, <laughs> okay, in true. summertime. <laughs> true. Two. I'm definitely in. I'm definitely in these situations where I'm like, I go to put them on. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll put them on. And then I put them on, and I'm like, not today. Hmm. You know, like I just keep get running into that wall of just like, mm, maybe not today. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why, but they don't feel like bankable pants to me hmm. right this minute. You know? And I think um, maybe in time as they loosen up and I grow into them, they will. But they're just stiff, and they just feel, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not into them that much. They okay. look okay. They look okay. You know? But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Give That's it where I'm give at. it some time. I'm, I'm, I'm very, uh, uh, yeah, I have a good amount of confidence that you'll, you'll grow into them. Because I have found very few pairs of sort of black jeans that have uh, ultimately not become good moves. And even yeah. even ones that I like had around where I was just like these are not my favorite. They at some point when when all other pants failed me were there for me when I needed them. Right. Right. Um well shout out to the Slim built in flex ultimate tech pants for men. <laughs> give it you a know? try. They're very nice. Give them a, give them a try. Forty five bucks right now. Even less. Um yeah, on uh, oldnavy.com. I want to shout out to Prosciutto this week. Ooh. You ever nice. had it? A little prosciutto? Oh, prosciutto, yes. Prosciutto. So there's an Italian specialty store in Auckland, which is fucking great. It's called Sabato. Sabato. Um, and I've been watching in the past week countless prosciutto vids on Ooh. YouTube. I've been like deep diving prosciutto vids. About the process of like curating and creating? Yeah, cool. My boy Glenn and Friends Cooking on YouTube 
has is is doing a year long prosciutto project, basically. You take a big old like leg of a pig, and you drain it of blood, and you cut a bunch of stuff off, and then you you basically sit in salt for a couple months, and then mm-hmm. you hang it for a year, uh, and let it like age. Uh, and then you like slice it real thin. So I've been deep diving on how prosciutto is fucked with and made, and it's really been putting me in the mood to chow down on some prosciutto. Nice. And so I went to Sabato yesterday, two days ago, I think, picked up a package. Um, I'd have to look in my fridge, which I'm not going to do right now, to tell you the brand, but it's imported Italian prosciutto, and uh, it's just like cream. It tastes so good. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I wrap it around a little Parmigiano Reggiano and uh, pop it in my mouth. Oof. It's like a perfect little snack. Nice. Yeah. It's great on a uh, little toast. It's great uh, with a little bruschette. It's mm. great on, uh, mixed in a little salad. Maybe a little arugula salad. Nice. Um, a little saltiness. Just, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff you can do with prosciutto, basically. I feel like I, for a very long time, didn't know that you could eat it as a sliced meat. I think my mm-hmm. initial um, exposure to prosciutto was through, um, it, yeah, I, I had it in tortellini form. It was like blended up, I think, mm. and put into tortellini. And my dad would go to, he would, yeah, on Saturday mornings, he would ride his bike uh, many places. But often he would go to like an Italian, I guess a deli. Um, in North Beach District in San Francisco, and he would pick up a box of fresh prosciutto, or mm-hmm. prosciutto tortellini, bring it home, mm-hmm. just like a nice, quick boil on them, and that's how we ate them. And I was like, whoa. Like, that was my yeah. first, and they were amazing. And I didn't think it was until much later on into adulthood when I figured out that I was like, oh, you can just slice this stuff up and eat it. But yeah. to me, when I think about... When I think about prosciutto, like I think about it in tortellini form. It's delicious. Yeah. It is incredibly delicious. Also, tortellini is fucking great, right? <laughs> I need Shout more out to tortellini, life. folks. It's, it's <laughs> incredible. We used to have a meat tortellini and a cheese tortellini at school on mm-hmm. tortellini day. Nice a meat, a meat tort and a cheese tort. That's what I used to call it. Tortellini uh, Tuesdays. Basically, yeah. Um. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I was all, I've been a fan ever since, basically, you know. Do do it up with a little Alfredo, little peas, a little ham. Mm-hmm. <sniffs> Very nice. Fucking tortellini. Um, all right, well, uh, do you have other stuff you want to talk about with this movie? Mm, not a ton. I think um, at some okay. point... Yeah, last, yeah. At some point, um, they describe Hobbs as the world's best tracker. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was like, is he the world's best tracker? Has he shown uh, any sort of extreme amount of tracking ability? I think the thing that comes to mind is when they dissected the uh, the Ford GT, and he was like, "Here we go. It's uh." That's how we found them because they replaced the um, 
aftermarket stereo system. But beyond that, I'm not sure if he's shown... When I think about trackers, I think about looking at broken sticks and smelling poop and like <laughs> yeah, using, definitely. Yeah, using definitely. the downwind river downwind to uh, Like um, to True Detective your... Season 3 kind of stuff. You exactly. Know I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I like in order to earn the title World's Best Tracker, I feel like we need to see a little bit more uh, field skills from Hobbs. Yeah, I think I think that would be really good. I I mean, he doesn't have Yeah. I I've never seen him really do anything tracking-wise post that. The God's Eye has done tracking the tracking for the past two movies basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and then in this one there's no re- they're either on the run so they're trying not to get tracked, which he doesn't do a good very good job of because Right. Um Brixton finds him Brix Brick store, Brixton. I think it's Brixton. Brixton. Um, finds him immediately every time. Uh, and <clears throat> yeah, and then he's on the run till the end. Basically, they're just trying to play keep away with Vanessa Kirby. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe if he was a little bit better tracker, he could use his tracking skills to elude, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. evade the trackers in mm-hmm. this movie but that that's not shown very well reverse tracking skills right mhm mhm um so okay a couple of things if you had Daryl imagine you had an offspring of some sort mhm um are you picturing it yes okay are you closing your eyes um sure. okay eyes are now, eyes are now closed all right, and then like imagine a scenario in which you set up um, a like emergency protocol with your offspring. Mm-hmm. Okay, like say a fire in the house, or say you were being tracked by um, like an evil anti-CIA like black ops organization. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got you it. There? Yeah, okay. I'm here. And 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 then say you labeled that sort of emergency protocol code red. Mhm. <laughs> okay. Wouldn't the ideal thing to do when you're in when you need to execute that emo- emergency protocol would be to just say code red? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's like what you it's just for. Say, like, that's what it's for. You set up the protocol beforehand in order so you can just be like, hey, baby, code red. <laughs> and then your offspring that you, Daryl, have produced, they know exactly what that means. Mm-hmm. That's what right? the preparation like, like, is for. It's like, go to grandma's and hide out there in her safe room, mm-hmm. you know, in her panic room for a couple weeks. Hobbs in this movie on the phone says to his daughter, remember that specific situation in which like I labeled code red? Well, it's happening. So I want you to go to grandma's for a bit. And then he like lays out what she needs to do. It's like, what is the protocol for? Why do you even have a code word for this? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just tell her what to do or set up a preordained protocol and then label it. And then when you say the name of that label, she'll know what to do. Mm-hmm. That's like, right? The whole business here. No? 
That's that sounds right to me. Maybe right. I, the only other thing I can think of here is that he has set up a um, way too many color coded uh, plans, mm-hmm. and like we're we're talking code red, not red orange, not infrared. Like got a lot of different <laughs> not names. magenta, exactly. Right. So he needed yeah. to clarify the situation because he set up so many different contingencies that you know. They have a little it's bit of time. Harvest Moon. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. So right, that's, well. that's the only thing I can think of. But otherwise, yeah, Code Red is Code Red. It should be the worst. And that's why you know what to do. You got to know what to do right away. And a very interesting, a very, very interesting thing is that it is a different actress playing his daughter mm-hmm. in this movie versus mm-hmm. Furious 7. Uh, have you noticed? Did you notice that before this watch through? Because I sure didn't. Hmm. Unless we've talked about it before, which obviously I forgot. I don't think we talked about it. I'm not sure if how much I noticed it, but it. Yeah, it does. Not sure if I noticed. Yeah, um, I hadn't noticed either. So the first actress is named Eden Estrella. She mm-hmm. was in Furious 7. And this this movie, Hobbs and Shaw, stars um, a woman named... Fuck. Uh, sorry, man. Um, Eliana Sua. Mm. Now, this isn't hugely important, obviously. Like, things are... Um, Things are actresses and actors are changed all the time. Um, see Iron Man too. <laughs> so, uh, but I I have done a post on the Patreon that I've just published, um, and will be up for a week by the time this episode comes out. That um, lays out this sort of not at all definitive timeline of the Fast and Furious movies. Okay, so I've talked about this before. I've tried to go through every movie, put them in order of timeline, and give an idea for, like, the shortest amount of elapsed time that could be based on evidence from the movies, Mm -hmm. right? And I don't want to go into detail. I'll probably lay it out over the next cycle, um, but I also want to sort of keep it on the Patreon side of things for a minute just so that those folks have a little uh, early access to that info. Mm-hmm. Or this post, but the replacement of the actress in this movie versus Furious Seven factors into the timeline mm. of Furious Seven, a Fate of the Furious, and Hobbs and Shaw. Interesting. So that's a little preview for y'all. If you uh, want to hop hop on over to the old uh, Patreon.com/slash No One Likes a Tuna and shoot us a buck, we're you can check out sort of my analysis of all these movies. There's some surprising shit in there mm-hmm. that I uh, that I sort of discovered, basically. I'm Going buzzing. I'm buzzing. I can't wait. Yeah, man. Hop on there. Uh, if you want to connect with us in other ways, you can tweet at us at Nolt Podcast, N-O-L-T-T. Uh, we're on Instagram at No One Likes the Tuna Podcast. Uh, we are on Facebook. 
Facebook? <laughs> we're sort we, of on, are we Facebook? on Facebook. We're not actively on Facebook, but we're generally uh-huh. in the vicinity of Facebook. Uh-huh. Okay, we're in the vicinity of Facebook. There's we have Facebook adjacent shit. That's right. Basically. Um and what else do we got? Nothing. Oh, if you want to give us a rating or review, like Apple Podcast is the best place to do that. Um, we're I don't know if we're on Spotify right now. We're trying to get on there. Um, but also, like, if you just give us a review, write a sentence or two about us on Apple Podcast. It really does take five minutes, even though it's sort of a pain in the ass. It's so helpful for us. So, um, yeah, lay it out. Um, and one thing I do want to tease is the in-betweener movie, which we got going on next week, Daryl. Nice. Yeah, I was going to ask about it. What do we got yeah, lined so, up? Do we know? Man, we got so much in the works right now. We got, um, okay, so this timeline post on Patreon happening. Bloodshot is going to be a Patreon thing. Excellent. Um, which we're going to do. We've got our limited edition Resident Evil series. Um, and then we've got... Um, We've got our in-betweener, which is what we do between cycles. So we watch all the Fast and Furious movies, and then we watch a different movie. This week, I am pumped to say, voted on by our patrons, nice. is a movie called a 1966 Japanese crime drama. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, from director Seijun Suzuki, okay. a pretty famous Japanese director of the era, uh, called Tokyo Drifter. Oh, which I believe Tokyo Drift takes its name <gasps> from. Wow, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Sixties mm-hmm. movie. Sixties movie. Yep. Wow. Yep. Yep. All right. I am unbelievably excited to watch this movie. It's it's a pretty famous Japanese movie. I think this d- director Suzuki has some more. Famous pictures in his uh, in his filmography, but um, yeah, it's just supposed to be a classic. So I am so excited to watch it. Basically, I can't wait. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it does. It does. So we're gonna be watching that next week. Um, we're a week behind on posting these episodes, so all the stuff we're talking about, you know, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But. Um, and that'll be in the regular podcast feed. That's not going to be Patreon anything. So, yeah, you'll see uh, our us talking about that in a week, basically. Mm-hmm. Hey, anything else you got, buddy? I think that's a wrap. I think that's a wrap on the cycle here. Cool. I just want to do say the Ryan Reynolds stuff in this movie is totally insufferable, and I fucking hate it. <laughs> so um, we'll talk to you next week, bud. Sounds good, man. Take it easy. Yeah.